I'm Kay Janes, and this is the podcast, Your Adult Child, how to raise your kids so you don't have to raise your grandkids. Check us out on irongatetherapy.com. You can also find us on Facebook or Instagram under Iron Gate Therapy. All right, welcome back, everyone, to Your Adult Child podcast, how to raise your kids so you don't have to raise your grandkids, and I am so happy to be here. I no longer say good morning because now we're doing these in the afternoon, so good afternoon. Uh, I'm so happy because Shauna is back. Yes. How long has it been? It feels like a long time. I know. It's been a couple months, it feels like. I think it has been. Wow. So I'm so happy to have you back, the OG of the podcast. So it's good to have you. And we're going to talk about something today that you have personal experience with, which is always valuable. But this is a topic that can be really difficult, I think, in some settings. And in other times, it can be an amazing eye-opening experience. What we're talking about today is we are addressing families that are changing dynamics in the parent set, as in there's a divorce, a death, or some reason that parents split, and then they remarry. And we want to speak today to the those of you who are in that situation, either as a child or as a parent, on some things you can do to make sure that that's as positive of an experience as possible, and maybe some things to be careful of so that you don't do damage with your kids. Um, I'll let you speak to why and how you have experience around this. And then I'm going to ask you a few questions on what you kind of learned as you watched this happen. So if you want to share that, I'll let you share your story on that side. Okay. Yeah. And I was initially reluctant when you called me because mm-hmm. I thought, you know, my situation's unique because my dad died. I was just, um, after my 18th birthday mm-hmm. and I had my four younger sisters and, they, my mom remarried within 10 months. So it was pretty fast. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, I guess I'll just say the story and then why I was reluctant, but I remember just, I I guess I should say first, I can only share my experience as a kid in this unique situation. Mm -hmm. And so, cause I actually talked with my sisters in preparing for this podcast cause I wanted their perspective a little bit. Um, But I just remember when my mom started dating and my initial response as a kid, I felt so, and I think it was different for me than my younger siblings. I had more of a defensive, protective response, you know, a lot of, of thoughts and beliefs around, oh my gosh, you're going to replace dad. Oh, you can't do this. It was very uncomfortable for me. And, uh, I'm grateful now, you know, that she didn't just stop there because some of her kids were uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because we would have missed out on the blessing that became our new dad. We got a second dad. And if she would have stopped there, it would have um, been to our detriment. Anyway, so those were my initial responses. But then this is the reason why I was reluctant to do the podcast is because once I actually met our, my new dad, Jeff, I mean, he's the best. (laughs) So it was like, (laughs) I feel like we, and my sisters all said the same thing. But then one of my sisters said, yes, but people like to hear why was it successful to help to say, okay, what did he do that made it so that it was really an easier situation um, than some situations can be? And I thought, yes, that is valuable. And you think about that. Imagine being a, a man stepping into a family with five daughters. Yeah. Between the ages of 18 and how old was the youngest? 10. 10 and 18 years old, five mm-hmm. girls who just lost their dad. Good dad, an amazing dad too. So it's not like it was 
stepping into a situation where some mean guy or bad guy was removed. It was they were be, both great men. Yes. Um, different from each other in a lot of ways. But I would say that would be one of the first things I would say. He mm. never so Jeff, dad number two, yeah. never tried to compete with dad number one. Yeah. Loved him, accepted like you know, and if in maybe it would be I can't speak to what it would be like if it was a divorce and there were some really hurtful things. Hurt, that, yeah. Yes, but even even in that case, I think never trying to um, minimize dad number one, put yeah. down dad number one, no matter what the situation would be. Again, I haven't studied this topic a lot, but I think just humans and knowing so probably stay away from the two C's of compete and compare. Don't don't yeah. compete and compare. Yeah. For good or bad. Yeah. And even because I remember watching myself through the years and thinking, oh, does he feel threatened? Oh, does he feel like we don't love him as much? Like kids are always gauging. Yeah. Even as an adult, I was doing that. <laughs> oh, does he feel bad? Yeah. You know, and he didn't. He just or if he does, he's really good at hiding it. But I don't think so. You know, he's been really, really good at that, which then would speak to another piece. Um, and my one sister said this. I think she did this more than the rest of us. Mm -hmm. From the time he entered the family, she would watch and she would track and pay attention. Does he give his kids? So because he, he has three kids. Yeah. We never had to. We had to. We never got to. I don't know. We never had the experience of living with our step. Siblings. siblings. So they were old enough. Um, it just didn't really work out that way. Lived in the same town. Um, mm -hmm. But they lived with um, their, mom. their mom. And so, but my when they would come over or when there would be interactions, my one sister, she would, she said she would watch. Does he seem to like light up more when they walk in the room? Does he seem to give them more hugs? Does he seem to like she actually watched keeping track? Yes. <laughs> you can probably guess which sister it is, but um and and she said, no, it wasn't there was not a difference. You know, yeah. I could feel I'm more of a feeler, so I would just yeah. I felt the love from him, and so I didn't have to watch it as closely. Um and I think that would be the number one, and we're just going to jump straight into it, and then we can talk about it or whatever, is loving the that kid, those kids, whatever, to where they can feel it. Well, the rest of the stuff can be worked out. Yeah. Because, of course, there's things that come up in differences of... That's no different with a biological parent, huh? If you know, if you, if you know you're it's loved... It's the same principle. Yeah, if you know you're loved, then you're... Yeah, you can work through whatever comes up after mm -hmm. that. Wow, what great thoughts! Well, and I know your family so well. I, I, I can. I've been at your house when when your step siblings were there. I, you know, there was times where, and I don't know if I, I'm not conscious of myself watching it, but I, I don't ever remember seeing anything distinctly different either. Just felt good. There was always just a good vibe, always. good feeling, right? Yes, like and even warm, we... inviting. I felt loved and cared about every time <laughs> I came over because it's him. Right? Yeah. Well. Well, and you girls and your mom too. That was the other thing is I think there was a theme of true. being open and warm and kind was something that all of you do and did. So. Yeah, and he didn't. We still call him Jeff. Yeah. We don't call him Dad. Yeah. And it was just this year. For some reason, it's been hitting me and some of my sisters this year. Oh my gosh. He has been our, he's been my dad for 25 years. Dad number one was 18. Yeah. I still don't call him dad. Yeah. And I was like, and the, and I got emotional on it too, because he, 
in every way has been dad. Dad. <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, he has never said, hey, will you call me dad? Hey, but he calls us his daughters. Hey, this yeah. is my daughter. If we'd be out and we'd be introducing, because that was awkward in the beginning. Yeah. Oh no, how's he going to introduce me? I don't want him to feel like he has to say I'm his daughter because I know I'm not really. But then he would just say, this is my daughter. Oh, I have all the, I mean, as if we were all his. Yes. And so that was, but he was sending a message every time he did that. But then he wasn't weird about, okay, you need to call me this. Or that hurts my feelings. He gave us the space. I don't know. Knowing Jeff, I don't know if he'd even be able to put these words around it. But he understood something very important. Um, he, He never had inappropriate ownership. We've talked about that before mm. with parents and their kids and inappropriate ownership. Or you can do that with your spouse, right? Where an inappropriate ownership is laced with fear and selfishness. It's fit, it's laced with mm. um, consumption. It's laced with the unhealthy parts of a relationship that he he just knew. Well, part of it too, and, and he'd probably say this, is you and your you girls and your mom are pretty easy to love and be around. And I think he'd say that too. There's a lot different personalities, but a lot of light and joy and love and happiness. And I, I like Jeff when I'm at when I was at your house with all your mom and your sisters and stuff. As a man, you you girls all are fine with masculinity. You are all warm and inviting. You're all cute. Like there's all these reasons that Jeff would probably say the same thing. Well, of course I love being over there because. These all be these beautiful girls all are kind and sweet and love me. Why wouldn't I like it? But it also, but not in a creepy about, way. No, not, not in a, a creepy way. way. It's just more of a. It's a. He would say it's such a great space to step into. But what you're talking about that it's there's still hard moments. There's still awkward moments. There's still frustrations. There's still pain involved. And in those moments, it doesn't sound like he ever went the selfish route. He always stayed in a place of where he knew his role. He understood it. And he accepted it no matter how comfortable or uncomfortable it was. Yeah. Which is a pretty good principle for every parent, right? Like, what is your actual role in the life of your child? You know, now what would be interesting is what did your mom do? Yeah, that's where my thoughts were just Yeah, like what did well. your mom do to help it would make be this so... very difficult situation go? And I don't even did? know. I didn't even think to ask her. Yeah. Oddly well, enough. Well, what did you observe? <laughs> you know? As you, as she brought this new man into your life, like what, and exactly how she did, it's not going to be duplicated, but maybe some of the things yeah. behind it, right? So I would say in the, like going to the beginning and in the dating, she didn't introduce him right off the bat or anything, mm-hmm. but I think once she could tell, and when you've been married before, I think the second time, it just usually is going to move a lot faster. Yeah. She could tell, okay, this is a guy I could see going somewhere with. That's when we met him. Um... But she she let us know, and she asked our thoughts and feelings on it, but we weren't the ultimate decision makers, like I mentioned before. Mm. And then um, my mom was phenomenal at the same thing when my dad died, and the way she helped us work through that grieving process, she has always given a ton of space to, it's okay if you feel this, it's okay if you don't feel this, it's okay, like, whatever comes up, it's fine, you can voice it. I'm going to be safe with that. It's not like we had a ton of talks about it or anything, but just yeah. enough to so that if we did have a concern, we could express it. And then it was okay. She didn't freak out. She didn't make it about her. Yeah. She didn't try to fix it. She didn't try to any of that. So, and I need to, right there, a lot of the young adults I work with, I hear a repeated pattern of when they have problems with their parents, 
the parents have made everything about them. When I got a kid that's struggling to be okay with themselves, many, many times when something's been off in their life, the opposite happened of what you just described. I had a person today tell me that if they ever made their mom or dad mad, it took at least three days for mom and dad to let it go. Yeah. Even when it was a genuine mistake, not when it had nothing to do personally with them, but if they were offended, they would take it personal. And that's really affected this client of mine and their ability to be good with themselves and with other people because they're always worried that they're going to hurt. Everything they do is going to offend because that's what they experienced growing up. So that's a... yeah. That's powerful. And then I would say m- moving forward, then once, you know, we actually started blending the families and you're mm-hmm. moving in together, you know, our family moved from, from Salt Lake and moved to Southern Utah. Um, and I would say she was a healthy dose of aware. She would, um, oh, I say a healthy dose of, what's the word? Not paranoia. We've had enough in our neighborhood in Salt Lake or people that you would think would never, there's just enough sexual abuse that would go on that we've never had the wool over our eyes. I guess we've always just known, Hey, anybody's capable of that. Yep. Don't, um, you don't have to be paranoid about it or, you know, think everybody's out to get you or anything, but just to know, um, that it's out there. So she, and I mean, here she is, she hasn't known this man for very long, bringing him, to our home. Yeah. To, with a bunch of daughters. With a bunch of daughters. Exactly. And um, and so she, I know she's expressed to me, you know, you have to have some level of, she, I just remember her checking in with us every once in a while. And she would, not in a weird way and mm-hmm. not, again, because I think whatever you focus on gets bigger. You wouldn't want to create kids that are all of a sudden, oh no, my dad's going to do something. I can't to, be alone with him. Yes. Know. Or some irrational fear, but it was just a help. That's why I say a healthy dose. And I don't know how else to explain it other than that. But it's just a check in every once in a while or a question. But she did this actually when I say that, she did the same thing with our own dad every once in a while. You know, just hey uh, You feel safe, you good, anything um, uncomfortable going on? How would she word it? I know that's what I'm like, how did she do it? Because no, she didn't even do that. Um and I'm not even sure that she even would do the same thing now or not. Um now I'm can tell I'm flustered and I'm thinking about, I don't want to say things I shouldn't say. Well, it's kind of intriguing to see how, because that's a hard question to ask. That is. And so it's obvious she asked it appropriately and it's obvious she asked it in a way that I don't remember her ever create problems. Yeah. I just remember sometime as being a teenager and maybe even an older, like an elementary school, I can't remember. She would just say, Hey, has anybody, even if it's dad or even if it's an uncle, she would throw that yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what she would do. Has anyone okay. ever touched you here? Has anyone ever? But she didn't ask it with a lot of fear. And she didn't ask it. You just know you can always talk to me and tell me. Yeah. So this topic right here really isn't just only for blended families. Obviously, it's for any family. Um, or a but it's a great thing for a kid to know there's a space where if something does happen, they can reach out. Yeah. And so she would just, that's what I mean by how she would check it out. Yeah. She wouldn't just say, hey, has your dad ever done this? Yeah, yeah. You know, that would be like, uh, is he going to? Is yeah. he Like, it would be like a little do freaky. do that? Yeah. yeah. So she would just throw in like, or a church leader, you know, and, yeah. it, and it just made me realize, oh, it's, just be aware. And it's okay to have, it can come from anywhere. So you're not, I think what it did, it helped teach uh, that it can. Um, just to be aware. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that's great. Is there anything else your mom... Now, once your mom and Jeff got together as a couple, what 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 was really healthy that the two of them did, or did you know? I don't know if they've ever talked to you about this. Any decisions they made together, or when they were together, that helped move the process along. 
You know, because like, did you girls ever have times where you just needed mom time and you needed Jeff out of the equation or... That's weird saying that about Jeff because he's always fun to be around. He's, all, he's <laughs> so best it's to like, be around. It's <laughs> he's so easy to be with. Yeah, he's never. Um, I don't really remember much of that. Well, one thing I've thought about is if the if the scenario is not this smooth and you don't have that good of a relationship with someone coming in um, right away, I would say be open to your kids being able to still have that time with you and know that you're still their parent. If you're their biological parent, that would be very, yeah. But also what you've said multiple times now, which is really important. The kids don't dictate your life. Mm-hmm. That's super important. The kids feelings or circumstances, if there's nothing inappropriate or unhealthy going on, they're just being scared or selfish or whatever. And they're trying to split you up with your new spouse. I, I, you know, I, we have a client who's a great lady's working so hard and her marriage is actually separated because her adult son has had a hard time figuring his stuff out. And that friction and those things has actually caused her new marriage to not be as healthy as it could be. Oh yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. that you can see why that would happen for sure. But you, it was, she was so great. Cause when we talked about this and we said, well, who are you going to be living with when you're 80? It was like, oh, I want to be living with my new husband when I'm 80, not my 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 child. It's like, well, you got to make some decisions to make sure that happens and that it's not the other way around. And, you know, her and her son are working hard to do better and be better, and they will, and they'll figure it out. But it was just something they caught themselves in, found themselves in a situation that was really hard. Yeah. I, I will say this to all parents in whatever situation. If you're worried about a what if, you're probably not making the right decision. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. What if? Like if your mom said, well, what if the girls never like this guy? And I guarantee she had those thoughts. I know she would have had those thoughts. What if, you know, but but if she goes, no, I know he's good. I know this is good. I can move forward with someone to move forward with this, have clear boundaries and all that. That affected all of you in a positive way to be able to lean into the relationship. Yes, because if she would have been... Yeah. yeah, yeah, you guys would have also, you would have followed the lead, just like you were saying, you guys were watching like hawks in different ways, mm-hmm. but you would have seen that, felt that, and followed her her lead on that. The other thing is, is don't, don't let your, thank you, don't let your, remember your kids are kids, and remember that they're still learning, and that that their feelings and the things they're going to go through are important, but they can't be the purpose, all right? Important, but not the purpose of your existence. Your role as a parent can and should be one of mentor and guide and support, but it can't ever be the word. If you worship your children and their feelings, then you they've become your God. You are now their, what is that even called? What is the person called who worships somebody else? I don't have a good word for that. They're... Yeah, the idol Yeah, you, you don't <laughs> like you don't want to be that. And your kid mm-hmm. and too, your kid doesn't want you to be that either. Your kid wants you to show them how to step powerfully into hard situations. They really do want to see that. And how much respect do you have for your mom and Jeff? Mm-hmm. Now that you know what you know, being a married woman with kids, you know what I mean? What do you understand now as an adult that really impresses you about what your mom and Jeff did? Um like, you want me to say something yeah, specific? Yeah, yeah. Is there anything you think of that's like... Because I want parents to hear this. Like, if you do this right, this is what happens down the road with your child. Because you were a, you were an 18-year-old kid when this all happened. 
But now with the retrospective view that you have. And have grandkids now yes, and watching them with. Yeah, with And them. there's grandkids coming from both kids. Yeah, that's the, right. Both what, sets of so kids. So what, what are you grateful for now after 25 years later of both your mom and Jeff's hard decisions to get together, raise kids together, and, and work through what could have been a really hard situation? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I can't imagine if we didn't have him. Um, hands down, him, his ability to love. Like I mentioned before, just complete. And that would be the goal for any parent. Mm-hmm. I want my kids to feel how Jeff makes me feel. I want I want them to feel like that with me. No matter what stupid thing I did, no matter he could just laugh about some things or he could hug you or whatever it was. His ability to just love, um, that would be him. For my mom, I think her ability kind of what you were alluding to mm-hmm. her ability to stand strong and be confident in her decision and to move forward, but then to take, be mindful of both her, her new husband and her kids and be able to, um, your mom's made a lot of hard decisions look easy. She, yes. <laughs> Hasn't she? Like, yeah. And part of that, she's, she's confident. Knows what she, she does. Wants, and so. she decides. Yeah. And then she just knows I'll, we'll make this work. Yeah. You know, um, but I think there's one more thing and I don't, it doesn't matter if it's a blended family, if it's you, it doesn't matter as a parent. Um, and you actually brought this up before the Mm -hmm. podcast was to being honest. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, if I was the parent, the existing parent, and I was having a conversation with my new spouse about my kid. There's just plenty of opportunities for awkward conversations. Yeah. Or if it, if I was the step-parent wanting to have a conversation with either my new set of kids or whatever, is to be able to just say, hey, I'm a little nervous right now about this. I'm feeling a little insecure, mm-hmm. but I just want to be able to check this out with you. Or I just want to be able to have, I want you to know I love you. I'm not sure how to move. I'm not sure about how this is going over here, but just to say the truth and be honest of, what you're, what's going on for you in the moment is going to open the door for so much connection and, and better conversations to happen. Anything you hide will bite you. Now, there are things you don't share. You don't need to share details about your intimacy with your kids. We're not talking about that. We're talking about be honest about your motives, your desires, things you're thinking in relation to your kids, why you're doing things. How many times have both of us, you and I, been coaching somebody and they're not used to being honest? And they're trying to get rid of all the consequences of dishonesty without changing that piece. All of us want outcomes that we haven't earned. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of dishonesty actually happens is it's scarier hard to do that. But yet we want the outcome that would come from doing it. And that's not how it works. If you want the outcomes, the good ones, the best ones, you got to do the hard things. And that's being honest. Right? Well, this is very valuable for me. I'm very grateful for you sharing something that's so personal to you, something that I've watched for the last 25 years almost. I mean, I guess I, I got home from my mission and you were married and had the boys at that by that time. So it was probably a few years later. So I'm probably about 20 years into knowing this relationship that we've talked so much about today and your family. And it's always impressed me. It's always been something that I don't know if I've ever seen a family do so well with you know, with what happened, that's a big credit to all the individuals in the families. I think, yeah. I think there's a lot of really good people in your family and that's why it's turned into what it has. 
but you've all followed principles of truth that anybody can follow. That's the thing. Is that is as you talking as you're talking. That is what's yeah. coming to my mind. Yeah. yeah, like there's truths and principles that the individuals in your family accepted and applied, and that's why things worked. Yeah, and I think everybody needs to remember that. That's the definition of a good person. We all have different personality traits, but all of us are tempted, and all of us have weaknesses. So if someone's inherently or generally a good person, it just means they've picked truth and they've applied the principles in their life on a consistent basis. That's why we love being around them. Yeah, which is true because Jeff could be the most amazing guy. But if any of the girls would have, you know, just been insistent on I can't have any of the things of not being open and just kind of dropping Okay, things are going to look different. Okay, things are going yeah. to be... Like you guys allowed him to be great. Yeah. Right? And he allowed that with you too. And that's important. Mm-hmm. So, well, thank you again. We'll do this some more again sometime. But until next time, if you're a parent, keep going. That's the only way you fail is if you quit trying. And we hope this has been valuable. Remember, you can reach out to us at 435-868-8391. Or you can email us at admissions at irongatetherapy.com. So until next time, uh, keep it up. We'll see you then.